Dear friends in Christ Jesus, once again I extend you all a very warm welcome to you to this Eucharistic celebration, 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The first reading today, Prophet Amos talks about, uh, he was condemning the businessmen in, among the people of Israelites. They were cheating on scale and buying the poor for silver and pair of shoes. A man went for a physical checkup and the nurse asked him how much he weighed. He held his stomach in, replied 160 pounds. She got him on the scales and weighed him and said, no, your weight is 180 pounds. The nurse then asked him how tall he was. Standing very straight, he answered, 5 feet 10 inches. The nurse measured him and said, no, you are only 5 feet and 7 inches. Then the nurse asked him what his normal blood pressure was. After looking at her for a moment, he said, how can you expect my blood pressure to be normal? I came in here tall and slim man and you have already made me short and fat. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, the parable in the gospel today is about money and a stewardship. It should not be surprising because the 38 parables Jesus told, 19 of them dealt with handling possessions. Baptism is important, but there are 16 times more verses in the New Testament in handling money than devoted to baptism. Eucharist is important, but there are 32 times more biblical statements about Christian financial management than about the Lord's Supper. Since Jesus had so much to say about it, we need to better pay attention. Jesus used this unusual parable about a crooked man to launch into three important principles about handling money, which we are going to learn very quickly. We know these teachings are about money because of the reaction of the Pharisees in verse 14, which, was, which is not the part of gospel today, verse 14 says, The Pharisees who loved money, when they heard all this, they were angry at Jesus. Sometimes some Christians teach money is evil. And I disagree. Money is not immoral. It is amoral, morally neutral. It is what you do with money that determines its moral value. Money can be used to build a facility like this, to feed the hungry, to provide tools for schools, to educate people, or to take the gospel around the world. Or money can be used to buy drugs, create pornography, or to pay someone to kill another person. The Bible never says 
money is evil it is the love of money the craving for money that is the problem a few years ago the popular newspaper ran this statement money is an article which may be used as a universal passport to everywhere except heaven and money is a universal provider of everything except happiness my dear friends three important lessons te- jesus teaches us today about handling money and make us spiritually healthy number 1 your best investment is in people that you will see in heaven how is your investment doing lately i have a hard tip to share with you about great investment this investment idea advice is found in the gospel today verse 9 jesus is telling us i tell you use world worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings jesus is saying we need to be clever in using our money so the end result will be seeing people in heaven you cannot i cannot buy your salvation or anybody's salvation you cannot buy true friends but notice how the crooked manager in the parable today used his discount to influence his customers so they would receive him favorably after he lost his job in the same way we should be using our money to influence people for christ obviously the best way to do is that when you give your money for charity missions and evangelism Jesus said he is giving us a warning one day your money will be gone and you will be gone from your money so while you have an opportunity use your money to influence people so when you are living in the eternal dwellings there will be friends there to welcome you my friends the prophet Amos he accused the businessman among the Israelites they were cheating on scales and they were buying poor for silver and for a pair of sandals and they were using their money and without regarding without remembering the consequences of their behavior and at one time uh, a friend he talked about his friend to a pastor he died he start and the friend told the pastor my friend he started out with very little he died as a millionaire and the pastor said no he did not and the friend said yes he did he was worth millions and the pastor said he might have made millions but when he died he was not a millionaire anymore he was exactly like the poorest beggar we bring nothing into this world and we take nothing out of this world with us it is true we cannot take anything with us but we can send it on ahead of time that's why jesus saying in the sermon on the mount store up your treasure in heaven jesus said we should invest our money in people because people have eternal souls and there will be friends to welcome you Number 2 your management of god's money determines if 
God can trust you with true riches. The next important financial principle Jesus is expressed in verse 10 and 12, Jesus said, Whoever can be trusted with very little also can be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? If you have not, if you have not been trustworthy, someone else's property, who else will give you your property of your own? Jesus in this passage mentions two kinds of wealth. First, there is worldly wealth. Worldly wealth. That is the money God gives each of us. You must remember all the wealth in the world belongs to God. He owns all the diamonds, all the gold, all the oil wells. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the hills as well. He is the one who causes us to prosper with this kind of wealth. God gives us wealth so we can buy the basics to meet our needs. We use money to buy food, clothing and shelter. Also, he gives us wealth so can we, we can enjoy things that go beyond the basic necessities. This is bonus wealth. God has promised he will meet our needs, but he never promised to meet our wants. And sometimes people think, I am not wealthy. And But they say, if you have money in your packet to buy lunch, or the lunch is ready already for you, and you have in, indoor toilet, or you drove your own car to church, you are wealthier than 80% of the world population. That is worldly wealth and it came from God. The main reason God gives us worldly wealth is to test us. He wants us to see how well we manage that kind of wealth. Look again at verse 11. Jesus speaks of another kind of wealth. He calls it true wealth, true riches. If you are trustworthy with a little, God knows you can be trusted with a lot. If you prove to be trustworthy with the worldly wealth, God can trust you with true riches. True riches have nothing to do with money. They include spiritual blessing like peace and security and strength that are so valuable they cannot be bought at any price. The second reading today, he talks about peace and quiet, tranquil life in devotion and dignity and that cannot be purchased and the second reading talks about Jesus he is the mediator between heaven and earth that cannot be purchased by world wealth and Jesus died for us sinners as a ransom death and that cannot be purchased and prayers petitions supplications offered to God to, to obtain God's blessings that cannot be obtained through worldly wealth Spiritual blessings cannot be obtained with worldly wealth. Money is only temporary. And the word of God and the church of God last forever. It never expires. Have you noticed food and drugs have an expiration date? It is sometimes called use before date. And the word of God has no expiration date. But it does have, you, does have use before date. Use it before you die. Before Jesus returns, after that, it won't benefit you. And the third lesson Jesus would teach us today, money is a great servant but a terrible master. 
Jesus shares a great financial principle, the third principle in verse 13. He says, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and wealth. And some of you may remember the comedian Jack Benny. He was known as Skinflint, who hated to spend his money. In an old comedy routine, Jack Penny was surrounded by a robber. And the robber pointed a gun at Jack and said, Come on, hand it over, your money or your life. Jack rubbed his chin and said, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. In the same way, God is saying to us today, Worship and serve me or money, which will it be? And we stand there and saying, I am thinking, I am thinking. You cannot serve God and money. He is saying you cannot live to make money and to live, serve God at the same time. If the reason you are living is to make money for the sake of things money can buy, then that is your God. And you don't and you cannot serve the living and true God. On the other hand, you can love God. And he can gift you to make money as he has done for many. There is nothing wrong with making money or being wealthy, being millionaire or billionaire. But the proof that you love God first, that money only is an instrument of your love for him, will be that you use that money to help others and without seeking recognition for yourself as almost challenges in the Old Testament, you would not exploit the poor. That will indicate you love God and love your neighbor and you are rightfully serving him with the money God has given you. And my dear friends, in the gospel today, before I conclude, Jesus talks about two kinds of people. He divides the entire human race into two groups. And some people called people of this world and some people are called people of the light. Which group we are in? People who do not have a personal relationship with God they of this world. First category. The world is temporary and the other world is eternal. This world is physical, the other world is spiritual. Millions and millions of people live their lives as if this world was all there, there will ever be. They devote their entire lives getting ahead of this world, accumulating all the toys that will make them feel comfortable. On the other hand, those of us who are People of the light have personal relationship with God and of the universe. Bible says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. We are living in this world. We know this world is not all there is. We will never feel totally comfortable in this world because it's not really our home. Like Abraham, we are looking for a city that made with human hands. The crooked manager in the parable was shrewd as a snake but he was as guilty as sin. What can we learn from this crooked manager? He knew he was facing the deadline. He formulated a plan. He acted before the opportunity was gone. We are also facing a deadline. We do not know the time and the hour when it is going to come. Do we have a creative plan to influence your world before that deadline? Are we letting that opportunity pass by? We must learn to be wise in this way, ways of the world, but we must remain as innocent as doves. Amen.